Hi, welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI media podcast covering the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm executive editor Sarah Lewandowski, and today I'm joined by Margot Conrose, CMO of Sky, a commerce intelligence platform that powers brand insights, decisions, and execution for faster and more predictable go-to-market outcomes. We'll be speaking today about the value of brand stunts for marketing strategy. So thank you, Margot, for being with us today. Thanks for having me. So here at ASI Media, we keep tabs on brand stunts, particularly those that involve brand and merchandise. And we had talked before about a recent one that was at Panera Bread, where they released a swim soup collection with soup-themed swimwear and a bread bowl-shaped pool float in celebration, they said, of those who purchase soup from Panera even in the hot summer months. Um, Mm -hmm. So it was for a very niche market segment, and it sold out immediately, like in a matter of days. So it was a very short-lived campaign, but here we are a few weeks later still talking about it. So it is having an impact. So let's talk first about brand stunts in general. What is the definition of a brand stunt? A brand stunt is really, you know, any kind of -of out-of-the-box marketing strategy. Some, you know, we used to call it guerrilla marketing. Um, something that is unexpected and can break through the noise and create buzz. I think that's the key here is a stunt is for the purpose of creating buzz. So exactly what we're talking about with Panera, you know, are they going into clothing long-term? Probably not. Um, although we are seeing some of these, you know, kind of interesting forays into new product categories from brands, especially over the last year. Uh, but really it's about, you know, they, they want to get people talking um, and they want to make a splash in a time where maybe it's hard to break through. Maybe their product category is saturated. Maybe their brand is not that innovative or interesting right now. So a stunt is a way to, you know, kind of make a splash very quickly um, and do something that's going to that's gonna get people's attention and get them talking about the brand again. Gotcha. So along those same lines, what is the core strategy of a stunt? And also, does a brand have to have a certain cachet for it to come off well? Like, can there be like kind of a sleeper brand that has a really great stunt that maybe, you know, becomes very recognizable once they undertake that stunt? Totally. I mean, I I think actually cachet can, you know, work against a brand because you have so much to lose. So, you know, if you've already got this very you know, deeply rooted, beloved kind of established brand, it's hard to do something unexpected and get away with it. You know, you have to do tons of research in advance, whereas, you know, a sleeper brand or just a a more niche brand has a lot of opportunity to play around. And, you know, it's almost like they have nothing to lose um, as long as they're methodical and they're data driven and they're not, you know, taking risks um, that are going to offend people. Um, so, so no, I, I don't think you need a certain cachet to do it well. You do, you know, potentially need resources to pull something off well. You need to have a certain degree of um, pre, you know, kind of pre-planning and, and research, which requires a certain level of data, you know, sophistication, um, the ability to kind of leverage insights, know where the market is, know where consumers are, so that you can navigate it well. Um, but really, you know, the strategy is about getting, you know, as I said before, getting people talking. Um, and usually the way to do that is by using social channels, doing something that, you know, is going to kind of trend well, um, use humor or, you know, something kind of out of the box in terms of where your product is expected to be. Um, and the ROI of it is is usually about a lot more than sales. So, you know, Panera, yes, they sold out right away. 
maybe they got a nice little bump um, from, you know, selling some some swimsuits as opposed to, you know, a $25 swimsuit as opposed to, you know, a, a, a $5 bowl of soup. Um, but that probably wasn't the goal, right? Like this probably wasn't a big, you know, kind of revenue um, centric campaign for them. It was really about social and, and getting younger people potentially talking and really sharing. So, you know, the, anything that you do that require that involves social media is really about getting your audience to advertise for you. Right. So it's kind of shaking up the, the, the lines between paid owned and earned media. Um, and if you can get, you know, your audience is posting and driving the conversation and, you know, reacting in any way, shape or form, then it's got a lot more shelf life and potentially you're, you know, you're earning a lot of new audiences that you weren't able to tap into before. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. what it's usually about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they do tend to be, um, they tend to be short lived and the, the engagement is kind of driven up in a quick, a quick time frame. Um, so mm-hmm. there, there's a certain marketing impact to that short lived nature of a stunt. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, be very thoughtful, I think, in advance about what impact you're trying to achieve. So is it, you know, new audiences? Is it, you know, new customers? Are you trying to break into a customer base that maybe you didn't have access to before? And then, you know, think about how are you going to measure those gains? Um, Is it about driving uh, a sales bump to a very specific product for a very, you know, kind of short period of time? So, you know, if you're kind of a, a mainstay product and, and you know, you don't typically have a lot of spikes or dips um, in your sales, you know, maybe you use a stunt to try to grab some some very quick um, growth. Um, or, you know, maybe it's about creating this ongoing conversation um, using a hashtag or, or something, some kind of tagging strategy on social media so that you know, it just continues to snowball and you can kind of build um, some momentum after that. Um, Or maybe it's about, you know, gathering data because just by seeing who reacts to your campaign, who engages, who doesn't, what it can do to your numbers and what it can't, you're gaining a whole lot of information that, you know, about your brand, about your, you know, how your persona is received, what types of marketing, you know, kind of work and what what doesn't. So, that alone can be the, you know, kind of the end game. Um, I, I think it, any of those things are valid. It's just about really, you know, when you go in, you know, this is a short period of time in which, you know, we, we aim to achieve X. Um, and then, you know, make sure that you can measure that. So have strategies in place so that you can, you can look back and say, was this successful? Was it not? How iterative is it as a strategy? Can we, you know, take some learnings here and reapply them or try again. Um, I'm a big believer in stuff that's agile and iterative. Like I think that the days of really high stakes, big investments in marketing campaigns that are, you know, gonna sink or swim are kind of over. We have to be able to throw things at the wall quickly, you know, see what catches on, learn, adapt. Um, So I think, you know, stunts can fit that bill very nicely. You can do smaller scale stunts, um, or you can do larger scale, larger scale stunts. Um, an example of like a smaller scale one, for example, that I saw recently when Jeff Bezos um, went to space a couple weeks ago, um, uh, Mercado Libre, right, which is sort of a competitor to Amazon um, in Latam, 
um, they did like a space takeover of their website and some really cute marketing around, you know, for the rest of us who are here on earth, you know, we'll, we'll get your packages to you by the time Jeff Bezos comes down from space. So, you know, they did like a website takeover and some very targeted social media, um, ad copy. And you could consider it a stunt because they took advantage of a moment in time. They tried to, you know, leverage off of something that was happening and and get a quick boost for themselves. But it was very low investment, right? Like low risk, potentially high yields to try to make a big impact. And, you know, kind of the the leader in the space um, was was kind of putting itself out there, even if Bezos is no longer at Amazon, still very much associated with the brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm curious too, like, and you had mentioned a few minutes ago about, you know, making sure that um, the tone is right, that it's not going to like offend people, you know, that kind of thing. I'm curious when a brand is considering a stunt and it, this, it sounds like that's part of it. What needs to be kind of determined beforehand? Objectives, tone, audience. Can you speak to that as well? Yeah, all of those things. I think, you know, foremost, you've got to know your brand. So, you know, it, in order for a stunt to be successful, it has to feel authentic. So if, if you're a company that, you know, is not edgy, that plays it very, very safe in terms of voice and tone, and all of a sudden you're out there, you know, kind of doing something that some people are going to really laugh at and some people are going to be, you know, really turned off by, then not only, you know, are you going to risk um, upsetting a lot of people, um, but also you're going to be perceived as inauthentic. So it's like, you, you kind of can't win that way. Right. So know who you are and be true to it. If you're already an edgy brand, um, that knows base very, very well and caters just to that base, um, you know, kind of deliberately at the expense of, of any, of any other types of customers, um, then, you know, all means lean in hard to your personality and do something funny or risky or you know kind of out there um so i think first of all like and you know first of all in general customers are are judgy today right and they're they're quick to say you know whether a brand is authentic or not so and then when you put yourself out there with a stunt the brand is that much more vulnerable so authenticity i i think is is number one um Two is really knowing who you're targeting. So who are you going after and how do they think and feel? And so if you're going to, you know, kind of do something that is timely, for example, like the Mercado Libre um, example I just shared, um, how do your customers feel about, you know, a billionaire going to space for fun? You know, are they like all for it or does it, you know, feel a little bit wrong? Um, and if it feels a little bit wrong, then by all means, like double, double click on that and, and lean into it and make them feel something that much more. So know your target audience and, you know, kind of know what you hope to get out of them um, in reaction to a stunt. Because a stunt is always going to be about stirring up something, emotions, you know, get, get people feeling and, and thinking something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another thing is just, I I spoke to it a little bit before, but like, what ROI are you looking for? Know what you're going after and, you know, be very, very clear about managing expectations, even internally um, around what, you know, what is considered a success for this campaign. 
So is it just enough to get a ton of social shares? Is it enough to get, you know, kind of the brand trending on social media? Are you looking to sell out your collection? You know, I wonder if it even matters if Panera sold out the the swim soups or not, right? Um, but if you're going for something that's going to feel like limited edition and culty around your brand, um, I think it was I, I think it was Taco Bell I saw is doing clothing as well, a whole collection of you know designer clothing. Um, you know, certainly they're going for a, a, a product drop feeling um, with that line. So, you know, I think it's all about getting getting bang for your buck is all about kind of knowing those things going in and planning and, you know, designing a stunt that's going to really um, check all of those boxes. And and then from there, it's, you know, kind of out there in the world. It's for it's for, you know, your audience to decide what to do with how how big it can get. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned about how a brand stunt comes with a certain vulnerability because you're putting yourself out there and you're asking people for a reaction and it's a bit mm -hmm. risky. So, and I'm curious about, um, for you, some examples recently of brand stunts that you've really liked that you thought went off well and others that were more flops. Yeah. Um, I saw a really beautiful one. I thought, um, maybe a week or two ago from, um, a CBD brand called Charlotte's web. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, their whole thing is to try to destigmatize their products and associate them with wellness. Um, and so, so they, they, um, they put like a vending machine with CBD, with CBD products at the top of, um, a 400 foot landmark in Utah, the Castleton tower. And it's basically like the top of a mountain. And the idea was that, you know, anybody who kind of got to the top had access, you had this nice surprise of this vending machine with these like, you know, soothing um, balms and things like that for over overworked muscles and um, athletes who biked or hiked or whatever to the top. Um, and the way they did it though, you know, was they, I think it took something like two years to produce because just getting the machine to the top of the mountain was this logistical nightmare um, slash feat. And so, you know, they, and it was also just like beautiful scenery. So they really tapped into kind of the emotional motivation of, of climbers and athletes and feeling like they accomplished something and they, they used the logistics of getting the machine to the top as part of the campaign. They videoed the entire process um, and they made this really aspirational, beautiful video that also then showed, you know, kind of climbers interacting with the products at the top. Um, and so, you know, they tapped into emotion and definitely went for a big feel without, um, without, you know, kind of trying to do something too risky or, um, you know, or, um, edgy or, or, you know, risk upsetting anybody. So that was kind of a nice one. Um, there have been some, I think that, that have very famously flopped. Um, I mean, really like the, the worst one was a long, long time ago in the eighties, United Way did this big, um, kind of fundraising stunt trying to raise money. And, and it was about like, um, achieving a Guinness world record, um, and they released millions of balloons into the air over Cleveland. Do you know about this one? I've and they heard of this one. Oh, it was like a really bad terrible. story. It was like everything that could go wrong went wrong. And the balloons like blocked all the visibility and in interacted with the weather and like 
caused it so that the Coast Guard couldn't rescue these fishermen that were out at sea because they couldn't see because of the balloons and the, oh. the cover, the cloud cover. Oh, and wow. I mean, people died. It was bad. Um, and stuff wow. like that today, I think is, it's more rare because we have a lot more signals to work with. We have a lot more data to kind of predict things like obviously weather. Um, but you know, there, these things still happen. Um, another one that that was kind of more timely and recent was Airbnb over the pandemic asked um, guests to send kindness cards to hosts, basically like thank you notes, I guess, you know, um, and it really rubbed a lot of people wrong during the pandemic when people were hurting in so many different ways and, you know, from businesses to, to personal things. And they were like, what is the nerve of this company asking me to send a thank you note to a company that has, you know, crushed a lot of business for anybody in the hospitality industry and, and stuff like that. And it, they were just mocked like crazy over social media. So there they thought they were pretty safe doing something that everyone was going to see as like, you know, touchy feely, happy, you know, warm and fuzzy. And it was complete backlash. So that's where like, know where people are at, right? Like know what the sentiment is right now. You know, people are kind of um, a little testy right now. Maybe it's not the time to ask something of them. But, you know, to give to them the way that Charlotte's Web um, company did, I think is is typically a better strategy. And I think, too, to your point, like, it, you can, because of social media, like, you as, even if the brand is a smaller company, you have to be careful. Because one, mm -hmm. that, those tweets or whatever can start piling on. And even if you're a smaller company, you don't have to be like a household name to get a bad reputation over social yes. media, you know, like it can, it can. It's so true. Yeah. It's just, it just can grow very quickly and get out of hand. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And I've been asked um, a couple of times lately, like, well, isn't, you know, isn't any press good press? So like, even if a brand stunt goes awry, you know, isn't it still a success if you get people talking one way or the other? And I think that really is kind of old school conventional wisdom about branding and marketing in general, but not yeah. today. No, like, I don't think any, any press is good press. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think customers are very quick to drop a brand if they if they find them to be insensitive or you know stand for something that that customers don't believe in. It's a very a lot of blurred lines today between you know personal and social issues and consumerism and where we spend our money. So yeah, to your point, it's it's more like notoriety and that that's at risk. And sure. I don't think that's a good strategy today for any brand. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you had mentioned a few minutes ago as well about, um, you know, things are evolving, they're changing those kinds of marketing philosophies are kind of, they're, they're changing as well. Um, especially with social media and how quick things are. And like you had said, you know, it, it's, there is a lot of opportunity for kind of quick hits now. And it's mm -hmm. not so much like, you know, years and years in the making these huge marketing campaigns there, those are still around obviously, but there's more opportunity, like you said, for these smaller quick hits. Can you talk a little bit about how we're going to see brand stunts moving forward or how they'll be evolving over the next few years? 
I, I think it's going to be a lot more about stunts that you can pull off digitally versus in person, you know, kind of physical things. Um, just the nature of the world in general, everything has moved so digital and that's, you know, just accelerated like gangbusters in the last couple of years, right? So in the last year alone, really. So I think it's gonna be a lot more about, you know, how can we use digital experiences, digital properties to um, to pull off some of these stunts, you know, with all the fast food chicken sandwich wars that have been happening, happening um, this year too, you know, you saw um, product drops that were, you know, all the marketing and all the kind of actual customer acquisition happened online. It was about, you know, misspelling. One of the brands, you know, created a website that was a, that had the URL that was a misspell of their competitor's um, brand. And, you know, that was their way to say, if you get to this website, you get a, a coupon for a free sandwich. Um, stuff like that, where the entire, the entire interaction with the customer, the entire engagement um, and the stunt happens online, um, I think is where we're going to start to see more. Because it's easy, first of all, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot um, lighter of a lift than putting a vending machine on the top of a, a mountain. Um, and, and there's a lot more room to correct errors. There's a lot more, you know, kind of speed to, to iterate when you're talking about digital properties. So, you know, stuff like that, where it starts online, and then maybe there's kind of a a physical merchandise component that comes in to kind of, you know, finish the job. Um, even the even the Panera example was like that, right? I mean, really, all of the work happened online. And then the only thing to be done was the actual physical product, which at the end of the day is sort of the least of, um, of the campaign. So I think we're going to see more of that. Um, and I think for better or worse, we're going to see um, lower risks, you know, kind of less, less edgy, less out there campaigns, just because consumers are so sensitive right now um, and so quick to go off a brand if, you know, if it doesn't rub them the right way. So I think we're going to see some safer, maybe a return to safer um, marketing than, than we've had for the last 10 years. And, you know, I say for better or worse, because it might be a little less fun and creative um, than some of the campaigns that brands used to be able to get away with. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Margo. We really appreciate your time today. And for more marketing strategy tips, please head to asicentral.com slash news. Thanks for listening.